0: My name is Alex Eating, and I never listen to the Order Sixty Six podcast because I'm too busy hosting the
1: Plaid Hat podcast. I'm Jam Dom. I'm Exile. I'm Draconis. Dane Deneath. I'm Old Scope. Jonathan Morning. Uh, John Stevens, aka Donovan. Morningfire. And we never listen to the Order Sixty Six podcast because reasons. Because I'm out of drink vouchers. Because I'm doing my own podcast. Because I'm trying to track down drink vouchers for J. Little. Because I'm too busy pod fading
0: my own podcast. I've got too many drink vouchers
1: already. Hello, this is David Brown, the host of Transmissions from the Ninth World, after four days of Gen Con, saying that I certainly never listen to the Order 66 podcast.
2: This is Crimson Steel, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast, because Order 66 2.0, that edition sucks. I'm waiting for Edition 3.0. Now that's going to rock.
1: This is Joe Kell Kelstaken. I never listen to the Order 66 podcast because otherwise the Empire might find me, and I'm in hiding. Watch out. What was that? This is Luke Steyer, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast because no one there uses their real names.
2: Hi, this is Barefoot Tour Guide. And I've been busy running 10 games at Gen Con, so I don't have time to listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is Adam Bruder, a.k.a. Outlaw Night Zero on the forums, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast because I'm too busy snubbing J-Little's
1: games to play GM Chris's games.
3: The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. D20 Radio, your gamer's role.
2: WWW.d20radio.com.
3: Broadcast live on D20 Radio's Justin TV channel. You're listening to the Order 66 podcast. Brought to you by Gamer Nation Studios, D20 Radio, and MapsOfMastery.com. we are back for episode number four squared of the Order 66 podcast. For those of you mathematically challenged, that's episode number 16, and this is August the 25th, 2013, a post-Gen Con Sunday. Oh, what a Sunday it is, and we have a great show in store for you tonight. Uh, Yes, with me, GM uh, Dave, one of your hosts, and the guy having mental orgasms still would be GM Chris more like
0: post-coital bliss. Something like that. What is up, Gamer Nation? Yahtzee! Yahtzee! Oh, post-show story. Uh, (laughs) uh, Welcome to the Order 66 podcast, the original podcast entirely devoted to Star Wars role-playing. And um, this is a ramshackle show, which we, we had to get on the airwaves. We are still reeling from Gen Con and getting back to the real world, but there was so much juicy we had to talk about, we just... Didn't wait. So here we are. Here we is. Dude. Yeah. And obviously the bumpers that you guys heard off the top of the show, many of them were re- most of them were recorded at Gen Con um, from the ple- The plethora. <laughs> how many do you know how many peñatas are in a plethora? Hefe? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, from the plethora of D20 radio listeners that hung out with us and uh, got to game with and chill at uh, at Gen Con. Um, it was a pretty whirlwind uh, whirlwind thing. it was it was, and we 're
4: gonna talk about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: oh oh, love it. well, okay, all right, so shall we get to it?
1: Sure, why not, dude? And now, Jedi poetry. Here I stand with troops all round. Those battle droids are losing ground. Around me swirls my saber true, defending allies with a flash of blue. As I deflect fire with a flick of my wrist, did you just say execute order 66? Mission accomplished, sir.
3: Yeah.
0: Thank you, Mr. West. <laughs> Hello there.
4: What have we here?
0: Good news. Ah,
3: yes. Announcement time featured podcast this week. And, um, there are very few things there, Chris, um, that are as joyful for us um, Progenitors of the podcast network Of course known as D20 Radio Then to welcome another podcast of Geektastic Awesome to our inner circle Hells yeah You know, it's almost like I feel like a Pappy Announcing the birth of my child and collecting cigars Or giving out cigars to everybody Who's at my house or whatever But uh in this case the, ch- the, the child has tentacles and drives us insane. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, hey, that's the way we like it, right? So um like it. Yes. 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 So do keepers John Dan and Murph. The host of D20 your Radio's newest member, the Miskatonic University podcast. <laughs> Devoted to the horrid mysteries of the Call of Cthulhu RPG. I'm
0: just going to call it MU. Can I do that? Yeah, yeah. The MU podcast? Absolutely. Woo! Woo! M-U! Woo! Plus, you can call it the Mew podcast, and that has double Lovecraftian references, so you're, you're golden. It's almost like they thought of that. It's pretty pretty. It's cool. almost like they said Mew on purpose.
3: That's awesome. All right, so the Mew podcast. Drop it like it's hot, or like it's made of, you know, withering tentacles. Either way. We're hooked. You'll be, too. I promise. Uh, by the way, uh, about like six months ago, they came in and said, we want to be on your on your network. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I, let me talk to you later. And then I never <laughs> talked to them. <laughs> yeah. So they've done 37 episodes since then. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so the 37th one, Graveyard, Turnpikes, and Lovecraft Country. With special guest Brent Kramer, talking about his Arkham Gazette e-zine, uh, is up right now. And lots of unspeakable horrors await, so go check it out and uh, enroll in Miskatonic University, just like uh, we have.
0: Really great show. Um, these guys have, have, have carried the torch for uh, Cthulhu RPGs, and um, it's just a good show. You guys yeah. check it out.
3: Check it out, man. That and lots of other good
0: shows on d20radio.com. Check it out today. Today. Do it. All right, juicy bits of web goodness. So uh, starting as we are wont to do from the keyboard of Sterling Hershey, Gen Con is over. Mm. And it was glorious. It was glorious. And our resident author of the insane Star Wars RPG God Among Men, Sterling Hershey, treats us to his very own Gen Con recap in his weekly Star Wars Wednesdays blog. Um, Sterling highlights actually a lot of the forthcoming announcements we're about to talk about, but he has picks. And with us, you just have to use your imagination. You know, and that's good. You want to use your imagination. I'm doing air quotes, you know, but you can't see that. See, you're supposed to be using your imagination. imagination. See, air quotes, imagine. Uh, but, and you can find those picks at www.sterlinghershey.com uh, in this update. But, okay, so what did Sterling talk about? Okay, what, what, what are we going to talk about? What were these amazing bits of Star Wars news that we watched unfold in all their glory at Gen Con this year? Yeah. Age of Rebellion. <laughs> yeah.
4: Age um, of
0: Rebellion. Age of Rebellion. Um, FFG hit us hard with the release of the beta for the Age of Rebellion right there at Gen Con. Had I not had they not like decided to open up at 830 um, uh, on on Thursday before even the VIGs could get in. And just so vendors could go and buy extra copies if we needed to. I don't think I would have been able to pick up any extra copies. Yeah. The, the the line was around there was I mean got what it was like
3: Yeah, it was impossible. You had to wait an hour just to get in the freaking booth.
0: It was impossible. Um So it, it was there that is the most exciting bit of news from the Star Wars front for me, but we're you know just hang on, we're going to talk about it in a lot more detail when we get to the meat of our show. Um but what, man? They had they had another couple Really awesome things released uh, and announced. Oh no,
3: yeah, uh, totally and, uh, surprised Sterling Hershey, who wrote the module of Beyond the Rim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he didn't even know it was coming, and it's not due in stores for a couple of more weeks. And yeah it, they were the, selling, yeah, full hardcover bound copies of Edge of the Empire Adventure Beyond the Rim, and Sterling mm-hmm. wrote it. And I didn't see it when you know before the show on Thursday, and then they ran out by Friday, so I never yeah, got they, one. I couldn't. They get one.
0: sold out by lunch on Friday.
3: Yeah. So I couldn't get one, and otherwise I, I would have had.
0: Yeah, I saw it. I got to page it. Um, uh, God, it's easy. oh yeah
3: yeah yeah. I saw it too. I just I just wish I'd have been able to get one, so Sterling would
0: have been able to sign it for me right there. But you know, hey, we were busy, <laughs> just just a tad. Um, so beyond the rim, obviously we all get to glimpse that. That looked incredible, and it was purchased, and we are no doubt going to have Sterling on to talk about it when it releases proper in the next three to four weeks. Yeah. Um, okay, this one, dude. T- this surprised the heck out of me.
3: Uh, I surprised Jay too. It was his idea. They didn't even tell him they were going to do it.
0: <laughs> uh, Edge of the Empire specialization decks. So, okay, to, to be fair, guys, a lot of us were expecting Age of Rebellion and Beyond the Rim at Gen Con. Okay. I mean, it was kind of like, he was like, oh, yeah, we kind of expect that. They haven't, nothing official, but we expect it. What we were not expecting, no one was. Not even Jay Little. The literally. Spanish
2: Inquisition.
0: <laughs> no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Um, was the announcement and the release of specialization decks. Basically, um, and FFD, FFG has done this with some other stuff, it's this, FFG has this print-on-demand that you can do uh, via their web store, or your FLGSs can actually purchase these print-on-demand things and sell them too. But the idea is that you can now get full card decks of dual-sided cards for each specialization for Edge of the Empire. Uh, you know, one talent per card, front and back. The idea is to give a player quick access to full talent details for your character in card format quick easy keep it with the character sheet and they um for print on demand have released the first deck uh which is the explorer's scout specialization um no doubt to probably coincide with the forthcoming you know uh, explorer splat book yeah, just yeah yeah something like that. just 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 saying but more to follow and you guys can actually go to ffg.com and order it right now print on demand really really sexy yeah okay Tell me about this next one, man, because dude, you were in the room for the announcement I was In-Flight Report. So talk to me about this, dude. I was. And
3: the epic doesn't really even do it justice. There's some new rules coming for X-Wing. And I know before you guys cry, I know it's not Star Wars RPG related, but it's, uh, you know, it's kind of the, the red-haired stepchild of Edge of the Empire or really the big brother. Yeah, X- <laughs> this would, be, would be more accurate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So X Wing, they're releasing some epic rules because they are having, oh, let's just say they're adding capital ships, sort of.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so they brought out, and then the hundred and first like escorted it from the room over to uh, the, um, you know, exhibit hall. They brought out a the the ten of four right, uh, which is that. Rebel, not the Rebel Transport, the... the no, cor- no, 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 yeah, Tana 4 was the uh, Corillian Corvette, Corvette. Yeah. and then the Rebel Transport. Those are the two that they did. And they're absolutely huge. They had an X-Wing sitting next to the Transport, sitting next to the Corvette. Um, and one dwarfed the other, and then that one dwarfed the X-Wing. So it's... Yeah, they're humongous. And, and they're not to scale... What Christian said was that they are to the feel-good scale.
0: Well, if these things were to scale, they'd be the size of the table.
3: Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, even even so, as big as this Corvette is, I, I shudder to think if they tried to make a Star Destroyer. Good, you know, because, I mean, that thing got sucked up into the gut of the Star, of the Star Destroyer.
0: I know, but they're going to have to if they're doing capital ship combat. That's, I mean, well, maybe not, but maybe I don't
3: know. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but uh we'll see. But anyway, they're they're introducing epic rules so you can uh, actually use these things in um, in X-Wing and it is uh there's details that are not yet released. So you guys yeah,
0: keep your eyes peeled for that. The bu- the buzz is that, like, so obviously be- because of the, the size differential and stuff and they're not to scale, you can't do, like, you're not going to be able to mix classic X-Wing snub fighter combat like the original game with this. It'll be a different rule set. But they're saying, like, I was hearing at the con that, like, one mini of, like, an X-Wing would represent a squad, a squadron. Yeah. And and that, that made sense. Um, but, yeah, dude.
3: Well, you know, one guy in an A-Wing can bring down a Star
0: Destroyer. Well, <laughs> with a couple destiny points, sure. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but you know, it, it was it was just like they unveiled it at the in-flight report, and then they had these models like in behind glass at their booth, and you just couldn't even get in. People were just swarming at constantly, taking pictures, and they looked so good. So you're just you're, oh, it was it was it was so great. <laughs> yes, it was it was so good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you guys can find, all, everything we've discussed has been announced, okay? And, and you, can, you can see it now. Um, obviously, as we said, Sterling's blog, he encapsulates a lot for us. He's got some juicy picks. Um, but also, you can just head to www.fantasyflightgames.com uh, where you can find uh, the news announcements for all of these products um, as well as nice little little write-ups and pictures. And it's really sexy and exciting, you and uh, know. It's, it's just good. Yes, it is. Now, Dave, with all this new official content forthcoming, hullabaloo, you shouldn't be remiss in not checking out the very best place for fan generated FFG Star Wars RPG content on the web the Gaming Security Agency. The crying fat guy to D20 Radio's Twitching Rancor. <laughs> the GSA is there with some of the best gaming authors on the web. And recent highlights include the first. Yes. The first. The absolute favorite. The, the first. first.
3: Yeah, I, and I, the reason I know it was the first is because uh, we were texting pictures to fill back to put into <laughs> the article at eight thirty nine in the morning before the, morning the hall opened. Thursday.
0: Yes, the first look and preview write up of all the juicy details from Age of Rebellion beta. Um, as Dave said, we we were we were we were the deep throat. We were the we were the black trench coat on site for Fiddy. Um, Uh, who was able to get this extremely uh, comprehensive review of the Age of Rebellion beta into print on the first day of Gen Con. Um, This was followed after by an editorial review, much more comprehensive, well, not much more comprehensive, differently comprehensive, talking about different parts of it, uh, by Donovan Morningfire, both excellent articles.
3: You mean Jonathan Morningfire,
0: Donovan Stevens? (laughs) Yup. Um, and, and we can now talk about this now because it's published and it's in print. Um, I, it, you know, God bless Fiddleback because he, he I, I can't imagine the amount of restraint he was having to exercise because he waited until it was officially released to publish this article considering the fact that we can now say that D20 Radio and the GSA's own Fiddleback is the editor for this book. And that is in black and white and it is on the page. How about that?
3: We proud of you, Fiddy.
0: Well, I'm just I've overcome. I'm so happy. It's I'm, almost
3: like we've birthed a child, sent him through just, school and he's gone to college and graduated.
0: I I just I, I I don't even know where to begin. It's just it's it's right here. It's right here. I'm looking at it now. <laughs> <sighs> Seriously. Uh way to go Fiddy, man. Way to go. Um very good stuff. So, uh, uh some exercising of some serious restraint. Yep. <laughs> But superb. All Actually. right.
3: Uh, I, I have to insert something here. Um, new uh, podcast sponsor. Oh, yes. Wayne Basta, by the way. is oh, uh,
0: that's right. We just got this notification. Thank you.
3: Yes. Uh, if you guys go to his publisher's uh, e-store, web store, it is uh, the, the best thing to do is you can search. You can Google uh, Grey Gecko Press. Mm -hmm. Or you can go to store.graygeckopress.com slash collections slash Wayne Basta and find that all his Aristea and a couple of other books that he's published are now on sale. The eBooks for ninety nine cents,
0: dude, cheaper than a hamburger. That's a lot cheaper than a hamburger Um, and more filling, I must say uh the you know uh, a lot of um the the backers who backed the the order 66 kickstarter recently i know they got to benefit from one of wayne's short stories that he contributed um as an e-reward uh for the backers but you know we've pimped out the Aristea series before man and they're just a great set of 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 sort of hard sci-fi space opera novels and if you guys haven't checked them out go check them out they're really good so i'm always looking for more fiction Always, always so, on the lookout. So, so there it is. Wayne also does a little bit of writing for the GSA. Yeah, a little bit, just a, a, tad. L- a little bit. I'm, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So go check out Wayne and check out the GSA. Um. Of course, head to gsa. Uh, where you can find uh, those reviews of Edge of the Empire and a whole lot more. Um. Gosh, what else? We have another. You know, speaking of the Order Sixty Six Kickstarter that just funded <laughs> at sixteen hundred percent of what? Yeah. Did to. Um, we kind of have this other announcement that uh, our listeners should kind of sit up and take note about. Oh, yes.
3: We would like you to come to Gamer Nation Con 2014.
0: Gamer Nation Con, baby! We're doing a con! We're doing a con!
3: How about that, man? March 14th to 16th in Plano, Texas, at the Dallas Games Marathon Facility. And uh, I believe we've got a hotel deal with La Quinta. La Quinta. But I'm not 100% on that because uh, we just we just finally got emails from them today.
0: Well, we didn't know we were doing the con until like the week before Gen Con.
3: And, and then Gen Con happened. Yeah, and then Gen Con happened. And then so, so yeah, we, we, we went, kind of went back and forth and then I, I let it drop. So it was really, so, you
0: know. Yes, but it's all coming together. And we already have our first confirmed special guest um, who will be there. Um, and Dave, that would be? Uh, Jay Little. Jay Little. Jay Little. <laughs> the, uh, the uh, lead uh, designer uh, behind both um, uh, Edge of the Empire and, of course, Star Wars X-Wing miniatures, um, will be there on hand in his badass self. And uh, we are rather excited to have him there. Um, and we want you guys there. Uh, where can people get more information, man? And uh, in just a short bit, they'll be able to buy tickets. Where can they go to do that, too?
3: GamernationCon.com. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um... We are, you know what, we're going to have another special guest on Saturday. We're going to do a Kickstarter panel of, uh, you know, how to do good Kickstarters. Yeah. So the creator-designer of Red Shirts, you guys know that game. Ooh, very nice. Is going to be with us. And uh, Brian from Reaper will be with us. Reaper Minius. Very nice. Will be with us. And, of course, Charlie from Artisan Dice will be with us. And so that's almost $6 million of Kickstarter. <laughs>
0: It's going to be epic. Yeah. It's so going to be epic.
3: You, you, guys, uh, you guys should show up you know, and, and let us know. We only have 100 or so tickets left.
0: Yeah, we are limited on space. Uh, that's important to mention. Um, the facility can only handle so much. Uh, we've already booked it. Um, uh, and, and obviously, a lot of people that took part in the Order 66 Kickstarter uh, you know, modified their pledges to actually get tickets. Um, when tickets come for sale, we're talking about, what, $30 for the weekend? Thirty bucks for the weekend gets
3: you in, and we are um, we're talking about doing some kind of MVG thing, but I, I don't know if we're going to do that or not. But uh,
0: uh, year one, I, I just don't know. Yeah. But we're still in this, still in these very early formative stages. Obviously, in the coming month, you guys are going to be receiving a lot more detail, including a starting initial schedule of events, um, and events will get added further. But if you head to GamerNationCon.com right now. You will find uh, existing email on our special guest uh, existing information on our special guest, um, as well as a couple other unique things that we're doing, uh, specifically around the areas of gamer cred, where you will actually earn specialty convention uh, cred <laughs> yes, uh, for playing and running in an events. Um, and we are also going to be having an auction.
3: Yeah, dude, we are having an auction, and that auction is where they were going to spend all their XP that they generate for running
0: events and stuff, and we've got so, a lot of good loot already. I know, I know, and, and I'll, I'll say this right now, because I know he's probably listening. This is a blatant rip-off of ReaperCon, which is one of our favorite conventions, and we're going to give credit where it's due. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. Because <laughs> um, I think it's such a great idea. One of the nicer, one of the cooler things I've ever seen at a convention that Reaper does is every event that you play in, um, you get uh, what they call sort of co- convention cash. It's Reaper Bucks, which have one exclusive use, which is at the last day of the con, they have an hour or two where they auction off all the swag, and the only thing you can use to sp- to spend to bid with are your your Reaper Bucks. Okay. Yep. So we're going to do the same model. Um, uh, expanded just a tad. Any event that you partake in and any event that you run, you will be earning XP for, and that XP will stay with you um, during that convention, and it can be given to other people, traded, do whatever you want to with it, but uh, we have a metric butt-ton of swag that you guys will be able to bid on. Um, which will essentially cost you nothing, <laughs> aside from your time at the convention. Uh, when you get right down to it, um, yep. we've already had several um, uh, distributors send us all kinds of great stuff. Um, uh, you know, because obviously this convention is only two weeks, you know, old at this point. We decided we're fully going to do it and started communicating with people. And we've already had a, a highlighted stuff, Dave. I know. Um, do you want to tease anything of what we got?
3: Well, uh, I, I think one thing that's going to jump out is that we have two full sets, including all three expansions. Of Cards Against Humanity that they sent us,
0: <laughs> bless them. <laughs>
3: yep, we have uh, a bunch of stuff that Rio Grande Games sent us. We have uh, we have promises of of a uh, of, of, I don't know. It's a cool it's a cool thing called like Dreadball. If uh, if you guys have not seen it, it's a it's basically kind of like a football game with with uh, with ogres and humans to, as the base game, and little minis that go with it and stuff. It's a uh, it's a pretty cool looking game, and uh, it's worth about seventy bucks. So you know them it's, sending us one is kind of cool.
0: It's pretty phenomenal. I know
3: Slugfest games. Don't oh, a whole bunch God, of- we have so much Red Dragon in stuff. Yeah, it's going you, you guys are gonna love it. And then the uh, the creators of Sakura or Sokero or whatever you call it, um, we're going to send us one as well. And and then we had just a ton of people from from Gen Con said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get back to us after the con. We'll send you something. We do this. We do that. That's where the uh, creator of, uh, of Red Shirt said, was like, Well, I'll do you one better than that. I won't just give you a game. I'll come show up and run and, and be on your, on your Kickstarter panel
0: with you. <laughs> and, and there you go. We also, guys, have RPG stuff that's coming in. Obviously, they said a lot of board game stuff, uh, some miniature items, and a few other things will be available on the auction. We're very excited about it. That's right. Oh, um, and, our, and our Russian friends gave us a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. If you guys are fans of Euro games, oh, boy, do we have some good stuff. Yep. Um, but you know our events are going to be pretty straightforward, guys. We're going to have a lot of RPG play and a lot of board game play going on, as well as some miniature play if we get some folks that are wanting to run. Um, I can also guarantee that we will be having an Eons tournament. So for those of you fans of Gamer Nation Studios, our sister company, that have backed Eons and have your copy, bone up if you're coming out to that convention because we are going to be having a massive Eons tournament. All Comers, Double Elimination, not really. and <laughs> Yeah, not really. <laughs> not really. Um, and no, no, I'm trying to throw out tournament buzzwords that I know, you know, double elimination, cage match, Thunderdome. Oh, right. Yeah.
3: Well, I think all we really need to say is that the winner might just accidentally get a whole set of raper tokens and minis for the game.
0: They just might. Wait, you mean that $100 add-on? That, uh, the $100. Like, like, like all the pieces of the game are like like created in Pewter? Yeah. Oh yeah, my.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh my. Yeah. yeah.
3: That's pretty worthwhile so learn to play the game.
0: <laughs> All right, enough jawboning. GamerNationCon 2014, head to gamernationcon.com, check it out. Come see us because we want to see you. Yes. And now it's time for the social media plug, Dave. Yes, he's at GM Chris, I'm at GM Dave if you go if you
3: do the Twitter thing. Yo, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter's Twitter's yo. Twitter, Twitter. We got uh, at D20 Radio. You can follow for all kinds of announcements about the GSA and all our podcasts on the network. We have uh, Gamer Nation LLC. You can follow us for gaming stuff. You know, lots of stuff. We got the Facebook page. Lots of stuff. So you know, go look at the Facebooks. Look at the Twitters. You know, the only thing we don't really have is Instagram because, quite frankly, that's for kids. <laughs>
0: Silly rabbit. Oh wow. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> anyway, so it's there. Okay, guys. So this is going to be a little bit of an offbeat episode for us. We want to get right into the meat with the time we have. Um, we were really hectic coming after after Gen Con. In fact, Dave, we didn't even make the announcement for this show until what today?
3: Yeah, it was like noon. And I, yeah, I put which something is, up, which is
0: really abnormal for us. Um, but we we didn't want to sit on this any longer. We knew we really wanted to do a show. Um, so unfortunately, we don't have any storm. We don't have any uh, any skill monkey for you tonight. Yeah.
3: And we had Jedi poetry instead of Stormtrooper. And we had Jedi
0: poetry instead of Stormtrooper poetry.
3: Yeah, yeah, so, you know,
0: yeah. Fiddleback probably just a little too busy, like, you know, doing all his FFG stuff. I'm just saying. Yeah.
3: You know, he's, he's uh, going gonna to leave all of us behind and just say,
0: screw them, Screw this. I'm done. I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm tired of your beratement. Um, <laughs> I'm so much better than you. I am so much better without you. It's like, it's like Larry the Cable Guy and, and Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly.
3: You guys are <laughs> yeah. landlocked, and I live on the coast of Idaho, so
4: screw you.
0: That's, that's what's going to happen, right, Fiddy, Right? Yeah. Please
4: don't leave us. we <laughs> will do anything.
0: <laughs> um, okay. So, you know mm-hmm. who apparently didn't have a whole lot of commitments, or maybe they did, but they just, like, gnawed their own mm-hmm. legs off when they were stuck in the bear trap and managed to, on such short notice, get segments to us?
3: Ah, yes. That would be um, Crimson and uh, GM Phil.
0: That that would be correct. Um, uh, Those two are some hardcore stone-cold pimps uh, for getting us these segments in short order. And so we're going to play them for you now. We are. Like, right now. And here
3: they go.
2: The farther you get from the core worlds, the more mysteries there are in the galaxy. Secrets that can mean the difference between success or failure, triumph or despair, life or death... Take a seat. My friend here will reveal one of these secrets. One of these fragments from the rim. How much have you heard
1: about the Empire's Inquisitorius? I thought not. They're not a very well-known group of Imperial lackeys. Actually, amend that statement. Calling them lackeys would present some sort of connotation that they're sycophants or inept in some other way. I can assure you the Inquisitors are very good at what they do. The Inquisitorus is a special branch of Imperial intelligence. They were formed very shortly after the birth of the Empire, and tasked with hunting down any Jedi that escaped the Jedi Purge. That sounds a lot like Darth Vader's job, but Vader was one man. He could only do so much in a vast galaxy of hiding spots. If word appeared of a master or a knight in hiding, Vader went out to deal with them. Jedi students or other less proficient Force users were usually dealt with by an Inquisitor. All Inquisitors are proficient with the powers of the Force. Don't get that look on your face. It may sound like a load of dreck, but I assure you the Force is real. Ask anyone who lived through the Clone Wars and they can tell you about the powers of the Jedi. Because of this, the Inquisitors used the Jedi's weapon, a lightsaber, and were very skilled with them. Their mandate is to capture Force users and bring them back to their Citadel stronghold, rumored to be somewhere in the Deep Core. As a trivial aside, the Inquisitors actually used to use the old Jedi Temple as their base of operations. That probably ticked off a few surviving Jedi. Anyway, once they had their quarry, they take them back to the Citadel for torture and corruption. Many of the Inquisitors' numbers were once Jedi. They were either turned to the Emperor's cause, or they saw the writing on the wall, and their desire to survive outweighed any devotion they had to the Jedi Order. Word is that anyone who wouldn't turn were executed. The Inquisitor's ability for torture and corruption is not only used to on captured force users, and this is why I bring it up. This rebel alliance has attracted some very steadfast followers, beings of conviction who firmly believe they can topple this galactic empire Palpatine created. Those who are resistant to normal interrogation efforts are presented to the Inquisitorius for another round of information gathering. Be it through the force or some other more mundane form of interrogation, the Inquisitors almost always find out what they want to know. Whatever's left of their subject after such efforts, well, there are some fates that are worse than death. If you want more information about these Inquisitors, talk to Mr. Steele. He can probably track down a report or two if you're really curious. Otherwise, I hope you never get the opportunity to meet one of them, because then the odds are that it's while you're in chains and you know something the Empire desperately wants to know. But now is the time when I must leave you. I have an important business appointment to keep. I've had a deal in the works, and it's time to bring it to a close. I'm sure I'll tell you about it next time. Stay safe until
2: then.
3: Thanks for stopping by. Pay your tab at the door, and may the imps always be one step behind.
0: The galaxy is full of disreputable scum, reluctant allies, villains, and sappy do-gooders. Knowing who to trust and who to betray is your best chance of staying alive in the Outer Rim. Mr. Steele can give you information on anyone you need to know more about. Why don't you head to his booth, but be sure to buy him a drink for his time. If you're lucky, he'll let you listen to his latest,
1: Transmission from the Rim. Good
2: evening. Good evening. Whoops, I'm off script. I'm supposed to always greet you with why hello there, or simply hello there. Sorry, it has something to do with my recording devices' trigger words. Anyway, long time no see. I heard rumors you were thinking about heading off and joining the Rebel Alliance or something. Yeah, that's the reason for my recording devices. Let me tell you. Don't bother. You probably have enough obligations out here on the room to worry about but you wouldn't want to go adding duty to some upstart military faction into the mix. Really? It's a lot of work. Anyway, remember a while back, I spoke of a Rodian that was looking for a crew to join? Well, he's back at station now with another tragic tale. But anyway, the name of the Rodian is Zook. Zook Kapal. He's from some backwater planet far away from normal Rodian culture, where his family raised some form of domesticated meat source. I'm not quite sure what it was called. I'm sure it was some local delicacy in his parts. Anyway... A couple of years ago, slavers attacked his village, took his sister, killed his father, you know, that kind of thing. Zook took it upon himself to join up with some bounty hunters, track down those slavers, and rescued his sister. He paid the bounty hunters handsomely for their time and the knowledge they'd bestowed upon him. However, his family was made almost destitute from the cost. Now Zook works as a bounty hunter, or hired gun himself. He hates slavers and would rather kill one instead of work for one, but most of the other vices he seems to care less about. Zook is a great shot with his modified blast rifle he says is his hunting rifle. I think he's named it Betsy or something after the cattle his family herded. Farmhand life allowed Zook to grow up tough and full of grit, despite his slight frame. What he doesn't have in raw might, however, he makes up for in agility. Zook is as quick as a varactyl during mating season. I tell you, that kid can move. And I've heard it said that he can shoot the ears off a Gundark with his precise aim. I'm not quite sure how that's a measure of skill, but you know, he's a good shot, I guess. Zook is also a quiet sort. Well-mannered, soft-spoken, he's just usually around to do a job. Honestly, in that respect, he's probably the perfect hire. He's also quite lucky. He knows how to hit vital areas and does so often. But then comes the rub. You see, I haven't told you the whole story. Zook Kapal is normally known as Calamity Kapal. You see, bad luck seems to follow this Rodian around. Not his own bad luck mind you, he's one of the luckiest sons of a blaster I know. It's just everyone else around him that seems to have misfortune befall of them. One crew left him on Ando, only to get their ship destroyed by a malfunctioning defense network. Another ship he was a crew on suffered a severe depressurization while Zook happened to be cleaning the spacesuits. The last crew ditched him to return their bounty to Alderaan. The ship hasn't been seen since. And it's not just getting rid of Zook that's bad luck. Crew members that survived his orbit of misfortune and death all claim that things always went from bad to worse while he was around. The jobs were always the toughest and the mistakes the most disastrous when he was a member of their team. Well, for everybody but Zook, people claim everything just comes up easy for him. Any captain that's in the know gives that Rodian a wide berth. Me? I think it's all hogwash. The Rodian's a nice guy. Nicer than any Rodian I've ever encountered. And I've seen him shoot. Anybody would be lucky to have him providing them cover. Anyway, that's all I have for today. I expect my droid will have another transmission by the time you come back. Please, buy me a drink on your way out. Wait, what's this? A drink voucher? What the hell am I supposed to do with a drink voucher? Where the hell you get this? Ryos, that planet's a junk heap. I mean, literally, it's a junk heap. What the hell were you doing there? What the heck is this palace? Listen, man, if you can't provide me with an actual drink instead of this voucher. I won't give you any more information. I really hope this is a joke, and you don't plan on trying to use any more of these. What? You got a shiphole full of the damn things? Man, your captain really needs to talk to GM Phil and learn the ins and outs of smuggling, because I'm not sure I can help you. So long.
0: Dude, excellent segments, both of you. Thank you very much. I'm anxious to bring an inquisitor into my game. Uh, been kind of waiting on it. Uh, now that Age of Rebellion out, I think it's really proper, uh, at least the, the beta. So I'm waiting on that. And uh, for those of you who are a fan of uh, of Zoot Calamity Copal, uh, you can find his stat block and a full write-up right now at the GSA. Head to gsa.thegamernation.org. Thank you, Mr. Steele. Indeed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's good stuff.
3: So um, are we going to take a right
0: turn or what? Yeah, dude, let's just let's just do it. Let's do it. Do it.
3: There it is. Ah,
0: okay, so. We talked about this earlier, guys, but for the meat of tonight's show, which we're getting right into, um, we're, again, going to take that hard right turn. Thanks, FFG. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, to discuss something that during and after Gen Con to this point today. Uh, excuse me. That's not actually not correct because I just checked my email 20 minutes ago. I've gotten 10 emails and four personal messages to talk about. That, of course... Would be our experiences at Gen Con and, um, oh, yeah, that little bitty uh, Age of Rebellion beta book. Oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah, that thing. Um, Released at Gen Con this year, but not quite out in stores. Uh, Fans who don't have their hands on it want to know what's in it. And, you know, we worked hard with the GSA, as we talked about, to ensure that you guys would have as much info as soon as possible. But we'd be remiss if we didn't give it its own due on our podcast as well. Also... Gen Con, bitches, what's up? <laughs> Gen Con, let's get you all crazy. Um, it was epic, and it was awesome, um, and, and we're going to talk about it. So, so wrap up in your comfy blankets, grab a mug of something warm, and sit by our fusion lamp, younglings, because here we go. Ah yes, you know, like last year post gen con we had we like we we played the entire in flight report, which we recorded, which is fantasy flight's um uh, annual gen con yeah in flight <laughs> report, and Dave, you went and you recorded, but honestly, I mean of the ninety minutes it was, there was probably i
3: recorded two and a half minutes of him talking about age of uh, rebellion and the new content, the new cards that were coming for edge of the Empire and the Um, The module that was being released and at that point had already sold out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So nothing we really haven't talked about already and are going to talk about now. Now as a note guys, so we're going to spend the rest of this show giving you a preview of of Age of Rebellion and talking about our experiences at Gen Con. Um, It is worth saying that while we're going to give you our impressions and this this brief content walkthrough of AOR tonight we're going to let you know now Okay, that our next episode will be a detailed Age of Rebellion discussion that will eclipse the mind of mortal men. In two weeks' time, Sunday, September 8th, we are proud to say that we will be joined by Andrew Fisher, the lead developer for the Age of Rebellion beta book. With him, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty even further. Got the chance to meet and chat with this dude at Gen Con. He's a great guy, and we look forward to corrupting him. So there's that to look forward to as well. But, dude, I want a jawbone about Gen Con, man. Talk to me, dude. Gen Con! Gen Con! What did we do? What were our favorite things? Gaming! Star Wars gaming at Gen Con! Gaming with with peoples!
3: (laughs) Yeah, gaming with peoples.
0: So, dude, okay, we we ran... um, I ran... God, it was a busy con. I only ran two or three pugs, I think. Yeah. Um, And I know you got to play in one, but not with me.
3: Yeah, I played. Uh, I played with Jay, and this was the infamous drink voucher where we replaced the mechanic of duty with drink vouchers.
0: Okay, so like this is like one of my favorite post con stories because I was the unwitting participant in of it in it, and I had no idea what you guys were talking about until well after, well after the fact, or why I made you crack up so much. So it was like it was Friday at Gen Con, and after the after the Any Awards were over, and. It was like, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's meet and play some, play some Edge of the Empire, you know, Age of Rebellion, whatever. And, you know, with had Jay Little, and he wanted to run. And so we're like, yeah, we'll run, right? And so the tweets go out, and, you know, we're, we're rounding people up. And you're at the Ennies with, with okay, who, was, who was there with you? That um, oh, was Wes, Adam, and Chris. Wes, Adam, and Chris were all there with you at the Ennies. Okay. And we
3: were sitting with Kat Ostrander and, oh, oh,
0: okay. yeah, and Andy Fisher. Oh, well, there you go. Um, so you were sitting with, 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 Kat and Andy and, uh, you know, afterwards you go, okay, well, let's, let's go play. And we had so many people, so many people show up. We actually had to break into two separate groups. And I was, you know, I sacrificed the, the chance to play with Jay to run a group. Um, and it was, it was really awesome because, uh, OKZ, who's happened to be in chat right now and left us a bumper off the top of the show, Adam, um, he was like, no, I'm going to play with GMC and i was like yeah validation buddy because everyone else was like no we're going to play with jay <laughs> but okay so that's the setup so tell me all right talk to me about drink vouchers so what what's what's up with this
3: uh okay so we were uh, we went to an imperial facility of some sort or or uh, actually a a a space junk dealer headquarters thing that was Anyway, it's, it's not important, <clears throat> but everything was so corrupt and foul, you couldn't drink the water, you couldn't, you know. So everybody had these, the, every time the guy showed up and we had to kind of barter with him or try to coerce him into uh, letting us off the platform into the main part of the facility because we had to go steal some information. Every time we would get ornery with him, he'd say, here, here, have these drink vouchers, you know, go, you know, go have some fun on us in the casino. (laughs) And so the drink vouchers just piled up and piled up and piled up. And so at some moment in time, we just got to where we were just cracking ourselves up. And Jay was like, I bet they're not having as much fun as we are. And, He's like, go over and ask him how many drink vouchers they've accumulated since we changed the rules. And I walked over and I was like, okay, how many drink vouchers do your guys have? And and you were like, "Um, what? (laughs) You know, and then you didn't really get it, but you unwittingly completely played into it. And said, well, you know, we're we're generating drink vouchers over here. I don't know what the heck you guys are doing. And and you reach into your pocket and say, well, I've got five. (laughs)
0: Well, I did, I did, like like for the like, hotel bar, <laughs> or for my hotel reward points. I got when I when I checked in, I got five drink vouchers for the hotel bar. They would sit in my pocket, all gone. Yeah, I'm like, you guys need drink vouchers? I got drink vouchers. Here's here, right, right, you guys. So that and
3: that just totally shot the wheels off of Jay, and Jay was like, "We're done.
0: We're
3: <laughs> 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 we're done. Our session's over. We're not getting any more accomplished." And then we sat outside. Uh, we sat outside the gaming area and just basically, basically, we took our most epic quotes from star wars and we started replacing them with the word drink voucher you know anything and everything you know these are not the drink vouchers you're looking for you know and just we started with episode one and went through episode two and then three and four five and six you know uh it was epic it was fun it was just we sat out there giggling and and just and then some ffg guy walked up and was like what the hell are you guys doing (laughs) And uh, that's about the time he started sending tweets that he's replaced the duty mechanic with uh, drink vouchers yes. for Age of Rebellion. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so it was uh, <laughs> it was a good time because it was uh, Dono and me and Wes and Chris and...
0: Uh, We're talking about Chris Dombrezki yeah. uh, from, from Real Basement Dwellers.
3: Right, the Real Basement Dwellers podcast. And, of course, uh, the Crimson you know oh, unforgettable Steve. absolutely unforgettable guy
2: <laughs>
3: you know i sh- i probably should have named him first
0: dude um I-, I ran i'm trying to think about my pugs like the night we got in wednesday um for for wes adam chris and and a few other folks i ran uh, and Dono. i know Dono was in that game um I'm trying to remember it was really late uh, i ran part one of enemy of my enemy and then uh, a good handful of those guys came back for part two, which I ran opposite Jay's game. Um, and, and that was a lot of fun. You're right.
3: Part two is Enemy of My Anima.
0: <laughs> I think you've retitled it. Yeah. Um, just now you've retitled it. Uh, but man, yeah, like the, you know, we were working a Booth, so we didn't get a, whole, a chance. I mean, all of our gaming happened at night, you know, and, and that was yeah. it. But like during the day... Um, the ffG you know star wars room where they're doing like the the, the live plays and stuff and and you know yeah. demo scenarios and games and stuff and uh, they were running they were running free rpg day module a couple other things it was just it was packed it
3: oh packed by the way this i should have put this out in in the announcements um christian confirmed they were going to put out a PDF of the free RPG day module after a certain ass hat in the back of his in the back of the room like totally big timed him and and like announced his title with D twenty Radio, and then all of a sudden he said, "Oh yeah, we're going to put that out." And then he stopped and said, "I just talked about an upcoming product, and I'm not supposed to do that." <laughs>
0: yeah, so we did get confirmation directly from Christian Peterson. Thank you, Dave, uh, that it will be <laughs> it will be PDFing in the free RPG Day module. Um, so <clears throat> it was it was it was pretty epic and lots of great gaming. But you know, listening to you guys play Age of Rebellion, you know, which, which Jay ran. Um, it was kind of one of the big talks of the con, and, uh, and everyone was you know, pouring through the book and looking at it. And so talking about the Age of Rebellion beta, i got to start and say this. Steve Horvath, talking to you. <laughs> You're Steve assuming that he never listens to the podcast. Horvath. I'm assuming he never listens, okay? Talking to you, buddy. Or, now. you
3: know, Cat, go, go tell Steve that we're about to say this.
0: Go tell Steve we're about to say this. Steve Horvath, SVP, Digital Productions, Communication at FFG. Yo. You came onto our show and you made us a promise. And that promise was that Age of Rebellion would seamlessly fit into our Edge of the Empire games. That was the promise that you made. Thank you for keeping your promise. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for keeping your promise yes, to all yes, of us. Yes, no, yes. Um, <laughs> sincerely, uh, you know Steve said that, and he was absolutely right. Uh, going through this book, as we're about to go through a quick rundown, guys, and talk to you about the content that's in Age of Rebellion, what you're, you have asked us to go through, um, it is it is seamless, man. It is absolutely seamless. There is not a single aspect of the rules that could not fit into your existing campaigns for Edge of the Empire. Period. Um. None, even duty. It can run. It can run. Stand alongside <laughs> with obligation. It's yeah, absolutely marvelous. So, Dave, yes, we talk about Age of Rebellion. I
3: suppose we can talk. I'm about
0: cradling Age of this red book in my hand. Yes, I have to give kudos to the color choices here. I'm really. Do you think? Do you think Force and Destiny is going to be green? Yeah, I'm. I'm just guessing. I'm guessing too. Cause they have that stark white for edge of the empire and age of rebellion is this stark red background. It's like very, Ooh, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just very curious. It's but,
3: either going to be lightsaber green or lightsaber blue.
0: Probably, probably. Um, <clears throat> so the first thing going through this book that we got to talk about, um, that was really interesting to read is duty. <laughs> it's not that kind of duty. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, to that point, though, guys, this is a beta. You have the opportunity to change the name. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> it doesn't have to be duty. It could be. It could be. What? What other? What other? What? Pull out your pull out your thesaurus, dude. What? What do we got? Honor.
3: It could. Well, it could be honor. I mean, this is. But there, there. It is a sense of duty to the to the rebellion. I mean, it's. Com- what do you want to call it? Commitment.
0: Uh,
3: uh, yeah, maybe.
0: But duty, service. Yeah, I like it. Service. I mean, service. Duty. um <clears throat> So, what is duty? Okay, so in in Edge of the Empire, they have this this mechanic. It's the first thing you do for your character, and you determine their obligation. Okay, it's obligation. We've talked about it. It's amazing. It's it's awesome. You can use it as a resource. um Age of Rebellion has uh, another a different starting mechanic for an Age of Rebellion specific character, and again, there's no reason a character can't have both, um, which is duty, and uh, you can roll randomly or you can pick a duty. And what it represents is a specific realm of action or concern or duty that you're committed to for the alliance. Right. Um, you know, one of the driving factors is what, what you, why you join, what you give a crap about, basically.
3: That's right. So my background is that I created a wooden shoe called Sabot and flung it into a machine,
0: creating Sabotage. Sabotage. And Which that is one of the duties. It is. It is. There's all kinds of duties. Uh, Combat victory, counterintelligence, intelligence, um, internal security, personnel, political support, recruiting, resource acquisition, sabotage, uh, space superiority, tech procurement, support. Um, There's quite a few, and they all have very specific meanings in terms of a military organization or in terms of what the Alliance needs. Um, and These are the things that you are devoted to, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, basically, it's the same thing as an
0: obligation, except that it's Rebellion-ish. Rebellion-ish. But the big difference between this and an obligation is that you start off with a score in it, a value of zero. Big fat zero. And your goal is to actually increase your duty.
3: (laughs) Increase the duty.
0: Increase the duty value. Um You know that's that's basically it. Um, Now you can spend XP when you're creating your character to give you a higher starting duty value, um, but ostensibly you just increase it through play by undertaking actions that are going to play into your specific duty. Um, When this is interesting, these are like positive effects for you, right? Well, eventually, okay. Um, So you know your, your duty can, you know the idea is that your GM is going to roll the same way they are for obligation to trigger duty. Okay. Um, and they use a chart similar to obligation to determine whether it triggers and and who it, whose triggers. And if it triggers, that's going to have a mechanical effect for the player, um, or storyline effect, you know, it could be that, okay, you guys have a mission now that's going to correspond to your duty because it triggered. Okay. Um, but additionally, if duty does trigger, um, player characters for the party get their wound thresholds increased, okay? By one, their wound thresholds increased by one, okay? Because their duty is called upon and they rise to the occasion. If your specific duty was triggered, it goes up by two, and then of course you got the doubles rule. Um, yes. If you guys play with that, 22, 40 of all. For 20, Yeah, for like eleven all that jazz, um, which would which would double those increases. Um, but you know that bolstering of morale and resolve. Um, by achieving personal commitments to the Rebellion. That's kind of where it comes into play. But ultimately, duty becomes this threshold. And, and that's, that's kind of the that, that's, that's the story-driving aspect of duty. Um, it could be that your group's total duty value needs to be at a certain threshold before the Rebellion will can take them seriously, give them more concrete or comprehensive missions, or give them the big stuff. But here's the kicker. If the group's duty gets to 100... It resets. Interesting change to the mechanic. It is. Now, while it resets, um, something else happens. Your contribution rank goes up, which is kind of weird. The party in and of itself has a contribution rank that, again, starts at zero. It represents how much the party has contributed to the alliance. You get to 100 in duty for the party. Your rank goes up by one, and your duties reset. Um, at zero again and you got you got to start from the top now when your contribution rank goes up dave to your earlier point that is where you start getting into specific rewards for duty the alliance starts giving you stuff they give you equipment vehicles strategic assets things like that it's it's the the mechanical uh, or or incentive equipment or 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 storyline rewards for achieving these these milestones so to speak very interesting. Very interesting mechanic. And there's no reason it can't run side-by-side side with Obligation. I challenge members of the Gamer Nation right now to create a character sheet that has spaces for both. Right. <laughs> I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on Duty? I mean, do you like this better than Obligation? Do you see them using used side-by-side? What, what are your thoughts on this, man?
3: Well, yes. I actually have given it a, a little bit of thought, which is, is like about 40, 42 minutes, Um. Obligation to me is is very good with Edge of the Empire because you're always on edge. I, I didn't mean to make that a pun. Um, you know, you've got but something did, looming. Dead. Uh-huh. I know. I didn't mean to do that though. You know, you've got something looming. You've got a debt to repay. You have, uh, you know, take your pick of all those obligations that you've got, and it's something that is always lurking to potentially rear its ugly head from a standpoint of the duty mechanic, this is not anything that's lurking. This is a military type of, this is you being a rah-rah hero guy. And the more you do, the better it is. And so it absolutely makes sense that they've turned it on its ear to be, as you accumulate more, you get better stuff. And I I totally agree with with this piece of, of you know the changing of this, you know, of, of this core mechanic of, of, of the uh, in age of rebellion
0: well, there's a negative side too potentially, and obligation kind of works the same way. Realize that if my contra- if our party's contribution g- level starts getting up there, we become a massive blip on the imperial radar. Oh no, yeah, I get it, I get it and, and it makes life very difficult for you too and, and it's hard to fly casual it, exactly right okay, but so.
3: that, it, that fits thematically with absolutely you know i mean it's the, the same deal with if the obligation if your obligation is too low you're not going to get good stuff from the junk dealer you know exactly. you know Thank so i mean it can it, you're uh, using obligation to its full effect you know grant you some good but it also you know takes some bad because you've always got this thing looming well if you get rid of it all it actually has a negative consequence when mechanically speaking you can't get the part that you need because nobody'll deal with you because you're not Notorious enough. This you're gonna get some extra attention from your Imperial friends because you are your notoriety is high enough. So yeah, it makes perfect sense to me.
0: Dude. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan and I'm already eager to import this into my game straight away because I got players chomping at the bit to do rebellion stuff. So but they're edge of the empire characters, they have obligation. There's no this is Han Solo. Duty and obligation combined. There, it's right there. See it.
3: See it. Learn it. Live it.
0: So, okay, something we were all hoping for with this book was new species. Ah, yes. And we, they gave us five new species. Um, now, it's a standalone book, so we have some old standbys, too. We got our Bothans, we got our humans, we got our droids. It's a our... trap! Ah, uh, yes. So, all right, dude, what are our new species? The Mon Calamari. Lamont yeah. Calamari. It's a trap.
3: Uh, I'm going to bellow, like an authorian.:
0: God, that was elegant. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Yes. The Gran, the Duros with their funny-looking heads, and the Celustin with their funny-looking heads.
0: The <laughs> 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 yeah, Moriamokia,
3: huh? Da, da 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 I don't, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So you've got the Duros, you've got the Gran, Ethorian, Mon Calamari, and the Celestin.
0: So... Uh, for the most part, ed- for the, most part this, this star- the FFG Star Wars RPG species, typically, if, they, if they're not two across the board, they might be at a three in something, which I call high, and they might be at a one in a specific stat, which I call low, right? So from a Duros perspective, they're low in brawn, which makes sense, but they're high in intellect. And considering their astrogation capabilities, that makes perfect sense. Um, they also have uh, – uh, they begin the game with one rank in piloting space, Okay. Um, and they have this unique ability called intuitive navigation, where they automatically add one advantage to any astrogation check they make. Perfect. Yeah, it's just, it's pimp. It's awesome. Um, the Gran, which are the little three-eyed goat-looking people. <laughs> uh, gotta love those. Um, they're they're low in cunning, high in presence, which is very interesting because the Gran are, are, if you look at the EU, they're really amazing negotiators. That's one of their big things, right? Um. Consequently, they begin the game with either one rank and either charm or negotiation, um, and their unique thing is enhanced vision since they have those three eyes. Um, that when they're making any ranged combat or perception check, they can remove up to two setback dice um, that are imposed due to environmental conditions. You know, which is nice. It's not break broke tastic or anything, but it's nice. Um, yes, it's true. Okay, now the Athorian's all twos. The Athorians are all twos. Okay. The Thorians are all twos, but...
3: No, I take it back. I'm lying. They're not all twos.
0: Oh, you're looking at human. Yeah, the agility is one. You're You're looking at human. Ithorians are are low on agility. They got a one, but they got a three on willpower straight away. Um, They start with 90 XP, much lower, but they have a couple special abilities. Uh, They start with one rank in survival, okay, similar uh, to others, but... I was wondering how they were going to do this, okay? Because we've really only ever seen it in one piece of the EU, but it became canon. That Ithorian bellow, the fact that they have like two mouths and four throats so they can create this subsonic boom that, you know, damages things but leaves them winded. You know, Saga Edition had it, and, you know, you could, you could break it if you weren't careful. You know what I mean? Yes. This is brilliant. They treat it as every Ithorian has this natural weapon, which is uh, range light. It deals 6 damage, crits with 4 advantage, short range, and has the following qualities. Blast 3, which is awesome because it treats it like this. You know, it's a blast attack, basically, right? Concussive 1, which is a new uh, uh, enhancement, a new new, uh, 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 trait for weapons that you find in this book, uh, which you activate with 2 advantage, and it leaves the foe staggered for a number of rounds. In this case, 1 round. Slow Firing 2 which means it's got to cool down two rounds before you can use it again. Brilliant. It only deals stun damage, also brilliant. And whenever the authorian uses it, they suffer three strain. Yes. Which is perfect. Yeah, It's just just perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, With the Moncals, we finally have a species that has high on intellect for starting, um, which is they start with a three on intellect, but they're at one on cunning. Um, They also begin the game uh, with one rank in knowledge education. um, And, of course, they're amphibious. So, um, the, and, so uh, the
3: Duros and the uh, Moncal will both be high on intelligence.
0: Oh, I forgot the Duros were, yeah. Yeah, so we have two now. Yay. Um, mm-hmm. uh they're very agile. they got a three in agility, but a one in cunning. <inaudible> <inaudible> uh-huh. um, they also start with one rank in astrogation, considering their proclivities, uh, and they start with one rank in the skilled jockey talent, which is pretty cool and makes me think of little celestines riding horses with you know yeah riding crops um <clears throat> so i don't know man you got a favorite of these
3: uh well i'm a little partial to the mon cal but um that's just because i played a mon calamari engineer back in the star wars galaxy days
0: oh yeah you did that's i remember right. him what was his, his name two large eyes
3: two large eyes kilroy yep
0: that's right two large eyes kilroy <laughs> <laughs> that was epic utterly epic um, okay, so we have our new species, for those of you who have been asking us. Um, and they're there. You can import them right now and use them. They're awesome. And I was rather s- impressed by how close some of these stayed to the uh, fan-generated content that's come out on the GSA. I'm just throwing it, that isn't it? Yeah, isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? I'm just throwing that out there. Um, okay, we have six new careers that are Age of Rebellion specific, man.
3: I it's- am going to be an ace.
0: Uh, yeah, I know. See, you were wanting to do this before yes all right so we we finally have the ace okay who is the ultimate wheel man um specializations of what driver gunner and pilot yes um i'm leaning toward the gunner bam There, there is some cross specialization work here so like we have the pilot specialization which is similar to the pilot specialization in uh if not identical to the one in edge of the empire there's also i think one or two others that we see some crossover in um but it makes sense all in all though a lot of these have a lot more military bent to them, which makes sense.
3: Oh yeah, but I, you know what, I love the spy.
0: Oh, okay. well, we'll come to it. Um, so what, okay, after Ace, what, what do we have? What do we have then?
3: Oh, okay, so we had Commander, which has driver, gunner, and pilot, as we mentioned. We've got Commander,
0: That's Ace. Ace has driver, gunner,
3: pilot. Yep, we have Commander, which uh, the three for those guys are are uh, Commodore, Squad Leader, and Tactician.
0: So Commodore is like Akbar. I mean that's it. You're you're a fleet leader, right?
3: Yeah. and There's a picture of Akbar. Well, an Akbar-ish kind of guy on the page there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, like squad leader is really interesting. It's like it's a mix of leadership and weaponry and um, vehicle usage. It's like an everyman squad leader. It's per- well, it's, it's a squad leader. <laughs>
3: um Yeah. Where you know, tactician is exactly what you would think right you know kind of a yeah tactician it's, it's, for victory from ground forces and you
0: know and it's very interesting and when you look at the talents it's a, it's a mix of like personal combat avoidance things like sidestep and uh a bodyguard with things like quick draw and then you got stuff like commanding presence and confidence um that you know pump up that leadership aspect it, it's very very interesting
3: yeah oh leadership's a career skill for that too
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it actually is for all. It is, it's a career. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a full career skill for Commander. His leadership, yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, the diplomat is here. So for all you noble fans, uh, with an ambassador, an agitator, and a
0: quartermaster. Okay, so the ambassador is pretty self-explanatory, okay?
1: Yeah. The, <laughs> the agitator. agitator.
0: <laughs> all right. The agitator, dude, is all about like, lying and coercion. That's all it's about. It is. It is a. It is like this noble esque talent that is nothing about lying and coercion. Um, like it has this new talent all over the tree. There's like four. You can take four ranks of it if you just stick to the tree. Called intimidating, where you can suffer strain to downgrade the difficulty of coercion checks you make.
3: <laughs> How awesome is that?
0: Or upgrade the difficulty when you're targeted by a coercion check. It's, it's brilliant. Plausible deniability, convincing demeanor, scathing tirade—a lot of those. Um, very cool. And then quartermaster is all about getting. Dude,
3: good. quartermaster is if you're like me and you're a fan of Shawshank, this is the guy that can get you things. This is Red.
0: Yeah, this is this is this is that guy. You got talents like smooth talker, Greased <laughs> palms. And of course, know, know somebody. <laughs> no, yeah, I know somebody. Um, you know that that's what it's all about uh absolutely love it then we move you you know considering it's a, it has to be treated as a standalone book you have to have your 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 engineer which is the next um the next career specializations of mechanic saboteur and scientist um mechanic is quite what you'd expect um saboteur is interesting very interesting it's a mix of some interesting combative talents uh with toughness um and, and the ability to kind of blow things up. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. I love the powerful blast.
0: Powerful blast. Very interesting. Um, it, it just, you know, basically you, you, you lose expo- use explosives better, um, which is very cool. And then we have the scientist, which is the third engineer specialization, which is a little bit of the, like, scholarly research mixed with building things and inventing things uh, and tinkering with stuff. Uh, it very, very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, the other thing I like about the engineer as a core career is the fact that – because this is like this for the core career, so all three specializations get it. Um, pilot space um, is there across the board, okay, as is range light. And you're going to see that, like, for most of these careers, almost all of them have, like, a combative skill as a primary for the career because, again, it's the rebellion, right? Yeah, it's combat. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, what's after engineer? The soldier, which is pretty straightforward, except
3: that you've got your commando, medic, and a sharpshooter.
0: This is interesting. Like, so for the core career, like for the soldier, they all get ranged light, and they all get ranged heavy, and they all get melee as career skills, no matter what specialization. And use. medicine too. And uh, well, no, that's only for. Uh, oh, they do get medicine. Wow, you're right. So, I mean, this is kind of a hawsey little career, man. This is this is this is this is pretty awesome. They got brawl. They got brawl too. Oh my gosh. So you get you get every combat skill but gunnery as a core career skill for this. Um and medicine. That's just that's disgusting.
3: I uh, wonder if medicine's a re- a misprint.
0: I don't think so. Because it's it's listed as a it's listed
3: as a uh as medicine is listed as a medic, additional career skill.
0: Well, yeah, but I would I would but that, I would just that means you get two free ranks. You can get two free ranks. You know, um, that's how I took it because you see that in Edge of the Empire too. They've got they've got things yeah. double listed twice. Oh yeah, okay. Um, I look for those. I was like, oh yay, two free ranks. Woohoo! Um, but you know, commando is all about uh, you know grit, tough, outdoors outdoorsy, wearing armor. Uh, being super resilient, um, the medic is fantastic. You've got you know um, a new talent called Stimpak Pack specialization, where Stim Packs heal an additional wound per rank that you have in the talent. Absolutely fantastic. And then you got things like Stim Application and Improved Stim Application, all these healing talents that you can typically have with the, see with the doctor uh, specialization back in Age of the Empire, but it's with this com- combat heavy career. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, my favorite talent in this tree, is it's not that bad.
1: <laughs>
0: it's not that bad. Uh, oh, you- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of taking a crit. okay, it, it, It's a 25 XP talent. It's the bottom of the specialization. But once per session, when an ally would suffer a critical injury, taken it's not that bad action, you make a hard medicine check to stop the ally from gaining a critical injury. It's brilliant. <laughs> once per session... It's like, nah, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Um and then you got the sharpshooter, which is Dude. Snipers. Double
3: up on double up on range light and range heavy. God,
0: yeah. And you, you are you are a master shooter, basically. I mean that's the thing. It's not even sniping. It's I mean you can Yeah, uh, yeah,
3: you just shoot.
0: You just, you just shoot. Um gosh. Uh it, yeah. it, it, it's just absolutely fantastic. Okay, dude. And then the last career. Ah, yes. The Spee. The Spee. The spay, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Infiltrator, Scout, and Slicer. Of course, lots of you are going to go for the Slicer, the
0: computer guy. Yes. Yeah. Well, so Slicer is, again, and we said there were some reprints. Slicer is very similar to, it, it, almost identical to the, uh, the talent tree um, uh, in, in Edge of the Empire. But uh, we have Infiltrator, which is new. Um, which is really all about infiltration. The thing is, though, it's more about, like, assassination. It's like infiltration and assassination, because you have all this stuff like frenzied attacks, soft spots, stunning blow, um, to make your, your, your attacks, uh, your melee attacks just pump. okay? Um, that's Jason a, Bourne. That's Jason Bourne right there. Um, you know, things like, you know, Skullduggery, you double up in Skullduggery, uh, with Infiltrator. Very cool. Um, uh the scout uh very similar to the scout tree in edge of the empire um and then of course the slicer. So all right, so you say you're picking the ace.
3: I think that either I want to go I, I you know and I, I the soldier sharpshooter route is, is, is intriguing, but uh yeah I'm thinking I'm thinking that um the ace gunner or the ace pilot is gonna be my um uh, Is going to be my guy, but it's, it's, we don't find ourselves in space all that often. So I don't know how gratifying it'll be, you know. Whereas the ace driver, you know, that'll come in handy quite a bit, probably.
0: And one of the questions I have when I see all the, all the specialization reprints is can you buy into the same specialization from tree from two different careers? And I mean, they're talking about this in chat right now. And it's like, it's like, you know, this has been asked on the forums apparently in the FFG forums. And the answer so far is no. Um, which is interesting, because in many cases they're almost identical, and when we say they're they're almost identical, the, the real key differences in some cases are skills, um, so that that seriously does play into things um, because Ooh. there is a new skill in this book, and we'll talk about it in just a sec.
3: yeah, and plus it would it would allow you essentially to double dip on the same thing for the same xP and... Uh, yeah
0: and I, I just it, is, and no <laughs> yeah. no is bad um, pick your pick your career, stick to it. pick um, Q
3: is better more than P.
0: yeah. I am I am waffling on either making an agitator, diplomat agitator cuz that th- that's just awesome to me, or honestly a soldier medic. That be the, the, the ability to heal, which I love to do. I love playing those support characters with the ability to kick some ass.
3: Yeah, no, I like that too. I've played a combat it, medic so many
0: times. Yeah, you just oh god, it I, it gets me excited just thinking about it. I'm I'm like, "Oh yeah." Um mm mm Okay. Okay, so um Let's talk about that new skill.
3: Ah, the knowledge right. skill.
0: Yeah, there, there's, so there's so the skills are the same, but there is one new knowledge skill, sir, and and, and that would be galactic civil war, which is oddly specific, <laughs> but it, it it can be used in a very broad sense. And yeah, it's a new knowledge skill skill called galactic civil war a lot, and I'd say the majority of these specializations get it. Um, or and if the specializations don't the career out usually does but it's very broad when you get into the description it's like any time a character wants to recall a fact about the empire or the alliance or their equipment location strategies tactics <laughs> the gm could have them make a galactic civil war check so it's it's very broad um you know, if they want to remember details about a, you know, a significant event or an individual who played a role in, in the, 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 the war and the struggle, they should make this as their check. Okay. Um, I don't know. It, it's kind of like I see this is almost sort of the the Age of Rebellion streetwise. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. But it's, it's more. I don't know. It's it's but it's not because it's, it's memory, you know. I, I don't know. Do do you see the need? I don't know what you'd use it for yet. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I see it as a general catch-all skill, just to know stuff about the war. But it, I don't know. It almost and I know it's a beta, but it almost smacks of like a an Uber skill. It's like it's like if I'm playing. If if you told me we're going to be playing in a rebellion campaign, and I'm like, great, 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 I'm just going to take this. I wouldn't take education, I wouldn't take lore, I wouldn't take... I mean, because for 90% of what I need to know, this would be the knowledge skill, you know? And to me, uh, like, eh, eh I, I like to avoid that whenever possible, you know?
3: Yeah, I guess. I, I don't, you know... Again, you don't find yourself in space all that often, so, you know, how often is it going to come in handy that you know exactly where to hit a Star Destroyer, you know, yeah. or where the galley is, or whatever, but...
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I... I, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> so, okay New careers, new skill Equipment um, Just equipment, okay uh, In terms of weaponry and armor No new armors Two new weapons um, A lot of folks I'm sure are like, Were like, oh man, I wanted more weapons But basically everything you have in the Edge of the Empire You got here um, With two new things Which I'm kind of rather glad to have And it makes sense for the war theme of this campaign um, and those would be the anti-personnel and anti-vehicle mines. And I did. Did you have a chance to look at those at all? Or, I mean, is, I don't even know if you thought to look for them. This is the blow stuff up stuff. Th- this is the blow stuff up stuff, and I do mean blow stuff up stuff. Uh, it, it, limited ammo. So okay, let, let's let's start with the anti-vehicle mine. Okay. Anti-vehicle mine, which obviously you place it in the ground and it won't trigger until a vehicle rolls over it, all right? Yeah. Um, 1,400 credits to just get one of these bad boys. It's restricted, obviously. Uh, range of engaged. Gunnery is the skill to, to place it and use it. 25 damage. Yeah. Which, against a vehicle. It's pretty good. It makes sense, okay. Crits on a four, all right? Has Blast 2, which also makes sense. Breach 4. Breach 4. That means it ignores 4 points of vehicle armor and 40 points of soak, I'd like to point out. Now consider that 25 damage.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's Little Brother isn't, isn't anything to sneeze at either.
0: No, no, it's not. So it's Little Brother, which is just anti-personnel mine. 12 base damage. Crits on a 3 advantage. Um, but how many blast- people... Blast four, vicious Blast four. four, yeah. Um, vicious four.
3: <laughs> so, how many people do you
0: know that can take this hit? Um, well, it, it it doesn't breach. Okay, so at least you get to use your soak. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. If you succeed in the attack roll, you're doing a minimum of thirteen damage, thirteen yeah. wounds, yeah. minimum. And that, and, and it's got blast four. So, I mean, you, you, it's this. This could wipe a party potentially. Yeah, um, and considering that it costs eight hundred and fifty credits, it is restricted. And eight fifty is not inexpensive. But it could wipe a party if you roll well enough. It could. Yes. Mm. I wouldn't recommend GMs use these on players. That's just douchebaggery. It kind of is. Yeah, but when you consider the cost, you could take out a couple squads, you know, of minions with this easy, you know, for PC use. Oh I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. It's there. Okay. New equipment, new vehicles and ships. <gasps> oh man. So they had a lot, <laughs> they had a lot of new vehicles and ships. I don't want to spend time on each and every single one of them because there's just too many, but you want to go through the highlight list, man? What what, what are we looking at here? Speeders. What do we got?
3: Uh, you've got the uh, air speeder, the Alliance T-47. If you guys remember those those oh, uh, speeders things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they used them on Hoth.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
3: Yep. And um, the 74Z, the Air Attack 74Z, um, Military speeder bike, which you guys remember from uh like Endor, the scout trooper bikes.
0: Oh nice. Yep. Nice. Yeah.
3: Um we've got Walkers, the Adat and the ATST.
0: Oh, finally. Yes. Yes. Yes.
3: And of course. It wouldn't be the rebellion if you didn't have the X Wing.
0: Well but that's all?
3: You get the Y Wing and the A Wing and the B wing.
0: Oh the B the B Wing is my favorite ship. It's my favorite ship. It That's always has so been. Cool.
3: The Lambda class shuttle.
0: Ooh, for Imperial side. Nice, yes. nice.
3: And then a, a trio of ties. The defen- new ties. Yes. The uh, yeah. The Defender, the Bomber, and the Interceptor.
0: Oh, very, very nice. Yeah. Okay, dude. what about what about the big ships? What are we looking at?
3: Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got the Vigil Class and the CR-90 Corvettes. Ooh, very nice. Yes. And if you remember, the YV-929 armed Armored Transport. I do, yes, yes. yes. So those are the gunships and the big cruisers. You've got this um, Consular Class Light Assault Cruiser. The, do they also include the Gazanti in there? Yeah, the Gazanti Class Armored Transport. Ooh. The Lancer Frigate. Nebulon B.
0: Oh, the Nebulon B. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay.
3: The Dreadnought, and the Vindicator heavy cruisers. Shit. Immobilizer 418. How about that?
0: That's a lot of cruisers.
3: Those are cruisers, mm. and we hadn't even gotten to the battleships
0: yet. Oh, dude, they're still got. So they've. That's right. They had star destroyers in this.
3: Yes, the Victory. Wh- class, wh- which classes? The Victory class star destroyer. The Imperial Class 1 Star Destroyer. The small ones, yeah. And the, what is it, the Predator Class 2? Praetor. Praetor,
0: sorry. Praetor Class 2 Battle Cruiser, And the Praetor's like, that's, that's a, like, that's big. <laughs> like, like, Praetor's really big. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think. I think it might be just shy of of like uh, the executor in terms of its size.
3: Just shy of big.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm checking now. Yeah, dude. It's um, yeah, second only to the executor class superstar destroyers in terms of mass size and destructive potential. Yes, that's that's huge. And of course, you can't have um, age, of, age of rebellion without the MC80 Liberty. Type Star Cruiser, which is the big old, you know, bubble looking, comprised of soap bubbles, Mong Cal Cruiser. Yeah,
3: those. Yeah, those. Yeah, when you see them, take a race of action, and they all go. That's
0: a trap. So we have those. Um, absolutely, I can't wait to get those in play. And a lot of people are really geeking out about them, uh, which is great. We got a lot of Starship Junkies and listen to the show, so they've given us a ton more ships oh, to deal with. Yes, um, absolutely love it.
3: So, did we get anything else on the farce? I mean, the force. <laughs>
0: Zoe's here. Hi Zoe. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Um All right. Yeah, we got more force. <laughs> um oh yeah. Yeah, we One more would
3: force. even say the force has emerged in this book.
0: Or it it, it it is getting there. Yes. Yes. So all right. So the force Um, Similar to Edge of the Empire, uh, we have one Force-sensitive specialization uh, in this book, which again is this universal specialization, and it is the Force-sensitive. Now keep in mind, for Edge of the Empire, we had this Force-sensitive exile, right? Now we have the Force-sensitive emergent, as you so cleverly put, Dave. Um, Very similar to the exile in a lot of ways, but it's got some new tips and tricks to it, some interesting stuff. Um, Things like sleight of hand which is a new talent. uh, It's it's a new force-sensitive only, passive talent. Um, Add a boost die to any stealth checks you make unless the opponent's immune to force powers. Okay? So using the force to aid your stealth, we finally have talents to let us do that. Did you say sleight of hand? That's what it's called. Oh, excuse me, sleight of mind.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, the force has officially become magic. magic.
0: Uh, No, sleight of mind, excuse me. Sorry. Um... Interesting stuff. Uh, you, got, you got a couple things that are, you know, again, those old standbys. You got Sense Danger, Touch of Fate. But they have these two new talents um, that are, are, are 25 XP cost at the bottom of the tree. Um, and they're, they're epic. And they're up there with, again, Force Rating and Dedication. The first is called Invigorate, where you can add one Force Die per Force Rating that you have. So if I got a Force Rating of three, I add three Force dies to any cool or discipline checks made to recover strain. And light side pips add a success. Dark side pips add a threat to the check. It's brilliant. Yes, and it's expensive. It's expensive as hell, but it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's great. Um, you can know, call upon the force um, to aid in your invigoration and, and removal of strain. And the other new one is force of will. Uh, Once a session, you can make one skill check using willpower rather than the characteristic linked to the skill. And that is awesome, because if I've got a four or five in my willpower, and I got this, you know, once a session, I can, you know, lift a speeder over my head (laughs) by making athletics use willpower, okay? Or uh, pick up a blaster bolt Obi-Wan Kenobi, pick up a blaster pistol Obi-Wan Kenobi style and shoot Grievous in the chest, even though, you know, feel me? Yeah. So yeah. archaic, yeah. It's 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 epic. Epic is what it is. So yeah, that's cool and that's spiffy and all that. But there's there's two new force powers. Um, there's actually three in the book, but move they yeah. they, they they repeat move. Okay, because obviously it's supposed to because be move right. is awesome. Because move is awesome, you got to have it. Two new powers, man. The first one is enhance, which is finally it, it's a, it's a power that handles the the force augmenting your own physical movement to what prior systems have called surge or force jump or force leap. Um, Absolutely love it. The, the basic, the basic power um, is that you can, you can spend light side points as the power to gain either successes or advantages on um, any athletics check you make. Uh, So you roll it like with an athletics check. Very cool. And then as you start enhancing it with a whole bunch of control upgrades, there's, like, literally there's eight upgrades. Um, You can do things like um, uh, make a forest leap where you can spend a light side pip to jump horizontally to any location in short range. Or then the next one, jump vertically to any location within, you know, short range. If you control the power in different ways, you can use the basic power, which enhances your athletics checks, to enhance the brawl skill or the resilience skill or the coordination skill or piloting planetary or piloting space. So you get into the force pilot aspects of things um, or using the force to beat up on somebody and and make yourself stronger.
3: Well, permanently Um, stronger. You can increase your brawn.
0: That, well, it's an ongoing effect. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the wicked one, is you can commit one of your Force die to increase your Brawn characteristic by one, uh, to again, to a max of six. Um, and then you can also do the same with your Agility characteristic, and that's at the bottom of the tree, which is awesome. Uh, so there's Enhance, and then, rather interesting, Force C is the other new Force power. Mm. You can feel the force flowing around everything, seeing what is, what will be. <laughs> uh, you know, you activate the power. You can spend a light side pip to gain vague hints of events to come up to one day in the future. Um, and then as you go through control and strength upgrades, magnitude upgrades, and, and similar, um, there's also a duration upgrade at the very bottom. Um, You can increase the number of days into the future you can see. You can spend force pips, light side pips to pick out specific events or people or faces or places. That's perfect.
3: Uh, Then you can roll one of those red balls out and Tom (laughs) Cruise can go arrest you.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, Yeah, it's basic, basic farcing. Um, But again, it just, you know, the the more you invest into it, the better and better and better and better and better you get at it. But even the basic power is pretty cool. Um, So yeah, that's where we sit with the force. Rocking. I don't yes. know, man. Are you anxious to make a force user? You've been you've been vacillating about it. Nope. You're still, no, nope. Not no. even after this. Still, nope. 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 Oh, nope. I am. This is wicked. Now that now that enhance is out there, I just want to make a force using martial artist. I want to make a brawler.
3: Yeah, that'd be cool. You know what? I mean, what reading through this and because. You know, my, of course, the first thing that I see in enhance is that you know I can, I can use it to enhance my piloting skill. Yeah. You know, now it costs. You know, by the time I get down there, it costs twenty five just to get to the piloting space. But yeah, I mean, it's it's still handy. You yeah, know? It, it,
0: know. it is. When, I mean, when you get there, and it's kind of one of those things. It's almost like you pick it up as a fringe benefit to getting Enhance anyway. You know what I mean? Right.
3: Yeah, so it's awful expensive to go, you know, to go be an ace pilot and then try and take this stuff too. So
0: yeah, yeah. But bah. you combine this with other force powers or ongoing effects, uh, things from from Edge of the Empire, you know, um, uh, you know, things like sense, uh, you know, and some of the higher level stuff for that, where you start upgrading and uh, you know, or then downgrade, downgrading the difficulty of checks you're making um, from a combat perspective, it uh, can be pretty boss, pretty quick. Um, well, relatively speaking. So, okay. Those are Force powers. After that, you got your standard game master section and a metric ton of new NPCs that are obviously Rebellion Age focused. Um, all kinds of Imperials, Alliance folks that are in here. Um, page after page after page. I'm literally paging through it right now.
3: I do like the Pirate Crew and Pirate Captain.
0: Pirate Crew, Pirate Captain. That'll, that'll come in
3: handy for your Edge games.
0: There is one thing. Uh, so at, at towards the very back, they have you know fringe dwellers and galactic oddities. I would like to point out, cyborg administrator, in other words, lobot, a doobak, of course, a dianoga. Do you remember what a dianoga is? No, the little thing in the trash compactor.
3: Oh. yeah. <laughs>
0: Dianoga, baby It is in here um, As is a Gundark Final true stats for a Gundark So I need to update my adventure, actually <laughs> um, Second active enemy of my enemy. I wonder
3: how close you were on the Gundark
0: Not far, actually Huh Not far at all They have an ability I didn't give them But no, not bad at all, actually huh. Not bad Yes. Not bad at all. I, gosh, totally. Um, and then they actually have a minion that is a nerf herder. Yeah, that's good. The actual nerf herder. And then what? The book culminates, as did the Edge of the Empire beta, with an adventure.
3: Ah, yes. Operation Shell Game.
0: Yes. And what, what's the basic premise?
3: Uh, well, basically, the PCs are Alliance operatives, and they're sent into Imperial space because they need to run a secret mission.
0: Ew. Yeah, it, it's 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 pretty spiffy. Um I mean it's uh it's not too terribly long. We're looking at about oh doing a quick page count on it. Um Yeah, you're looking at about a 14 page adventure. Um you know, pretty pretty print there, designed to introduce the basic concepts. Um but it brings duty in front and center, obviously, and and highlights that. Um, and it's a pretty good little venture, good little read-through. Um, I, you know, it's got some interesting situations it puts the PCs in. But, yeah, this is it in a nutshell. So, okay, guys. Awesome. No more emails. <laughs> no more PMs. There. Oh, we actually
3: what... covered it in more detail than we said we would.
0: God, yes. Because um, we got excited, that's why. Um, so that is what is in this book. Now, as we have said, guys, as we have said, our very next episode... Very next episode, okay? Very next. Uh, is going to feature special guest Andy Fisher, lead dev for this book. Okay? That is Sunday, September 8th. And we'll be peppering him with all the, the juicy and detailed questions about this book that you want asked.
3: Yes. So go on the forums. I bet there'll be a, um, a thread that'll start. Questions for Andy.
0: I guess it's going to start pretty quickly. Yes. I
3: bet yes. it's already started.
0: so it is there thank you all for listening um, and letting us wax on about Gen Con and Age of Rebellion Uh, we had a slightly different show planned for tonight but honestly we all kind of got surprised by the release of this book and you guys were asking us to talk about it far and away the number one request we've had uh, for this week so we have talked about it wahoo but next week, or next two weeks, I guess, two weeks later, it's going to be immensely even more detailed and better. So yes.
3: It's better. One is, more is It's
0: much better. better. So be prepared. Yeah. Next
3: week, obviously, is um, Labor Day. It's Labor Day. So we're not going to have a show next week.
0: Right. But we will, have, uh, we will be having one in two weeks' time, as is the standard format. So very, very excited. Um, Thank you all for tuning in. And Dave, I mean, if, if people want to get to the forums and ask questions of Andy specifically about the book, where can they find these forums of which we speak?
3: Of course, find them at d20radio.com slash forums. You can register and begin posting your mind right now. Obviously, we also want you to call us and leave a liner. There was a bunch that we recorded at Gen Con, and we pretty much blew all of them right there. <laughs> And, I, yeah, I put them all together in one big file. <laughs> uh, but call us. Leave us a liner. Send it to us via email. Record it yourself with all this fancy schmancy stuff if you want to.
0: And or
3: tell oh, us. Tell us why you never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Call us. 262-D20-RADIO. two six two three two zero seven
0: two three four. Give us the buzz. Yeah. Also, guys, email us, gmchris at d20radio.com, gmdave at d20radio.com. We are anxious to hear from you. Yes, we is. Uh, Faux shizzle. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Faux shizzle. Um, Well, this show went like half an hour longer than I wanted it to, but I'm happy it did. Yeah. (laughs) Again, big thanks uh, to Mr. Steel and Darth GM for getting in uh, segments on such, such short notice. Uh, we're still reeling from Gen Con guys. It was an absolute blast. Thank you to all the listeners and fans that showed up. I mean, gosh, Wednesday night we had a dinner with what thirty listeners? Yes. They they couldn't they couldn't seat us. Um they they could not seat us all. It was it was crazy. We actually had to, to break off and, and do other things.
3: Did a Couple of different tables and stuff,
0: yeah. So it was yeah, it was it was awesome.
3: And it was put together on short notice via Twitter.
0: <laughs> That's what kills me. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, guys, thank you all for listening. We will see you in 2 weeks time, uh and we'll return to our regularly scheduled programming. Yes. Wait. What? I forgot something. Yeah, this is GM Chris wishing you peace, love and good gaming. I was wondering why you're firing that off, buddy. Yeah, this is GM Dave saying keep them
3: dice rolling.
0: Now fire it
3: off. Okay. This podcast and related website are not enforced by Lucasfilm Limited, the Walt Disney Corporation, 20th Century Fox, or Fantasy Flight Games. It is intended for educational and informational purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names, pictures, or references to any Star Wars vehicles, characters, or other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks of Lucasfilm Limited, Fantasy Flight Games, or their respective trademark or copyright holders. All original content of this podcast, including audio, visual, or textual information, is the intellectual property of the Order 66 Podcast and the Gamer Nation LLC. show Ah yes, a short abbreviated post show because we had a lot of stuff that came out of Gen Con that we haven't talked about yet. True. Uh, most notably is that Eon's has had a tremendous amount of success and good press.
0: Holy cow. We were we were not prepared. You know, those of you who, who've listened to us regularly, you know we have our sister game company, Gamer Nation Studios. You know, it's a small indie board game production house. We released our second title at Gen Con, Eon's
3: yes, and uh to say that it got some good reviews would be understating it just a little bit um, we have uh, we have been humbled i guess is the right word at uh, the reaction on both the board game geek community and the at the convention itself and um yeah, so right now and and I know our sample size is really, really small, but I just love to throw this out right now uh approximately I guess. 40-something people or whatever say that they own the game and, you know, they're starting to throw ratings out there.
0: hmm
3: Eons is averaging an 8.44.
0: On the BGG. On,
3: on Board Game Geek.
0: Dude, it's brilliant.
3: The number one game in all of the land is Twilight Struggle. 8.37
0: yeah but with several thousand reviews well yes that's <laughs> true that's what
3: i'm saying i know our sample size is very small but here here's here's why i have here's why i have reason for hope that it's going to stay in the 8s i would say of the reviews maybe only four are people that are gamer nation regulars really yeah and you know like vader son is one of them um, i think uh, one of the fandom comics guys is one of them you know but aside from that uh, you know, uh, Hover is one of them. But, but, you know, once I get past that, these are all names and people I don't know, you know, that are posting. And, and there's a lot of activity on the forums and a couple of people who have written reviews, full reviews, you know. And then, you know, when the title of a full review is I can't praise this game enough, I love it. That's just great.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, we, we don't want to take up show time talking about this stuff. We'll save it for post-show. But, yeah, man, I mean, we were, we were working. There was not a waking moment that we were not at full booth demoing this game, and Sunday when you got press coming by to, sp- just just to take pictures and get get article info. It's like, yeah, this is this is this is like of of the five of the five buzz titles this con. This is one of them. As a Sunday morning, that's what all the press corps is talking about. We're like, really? Yeah. Like, uh huh. And um, when BGG TV comes by. And does an interview and and videos a demo of the game, and they sit there and watch it and learn how to play it. Slack-jawed for five minutes, turn off the cameras, and the the camera guy's like, how much is this? And we tell him, he's like, I've done a hundred of these interviews, and I've not bought a single game all con, and I have to buy this game. (laughs) You're just like, really? Yeah. Well, cool.
3: Yeah, that was one. That was one of the. That was one of the key moments right there. Is when the BGG guys, who've gone to a hundred booths the, over the weekend, just stop the interview and say, "I need to buy this game right
0: now." Yeah, it was pretty wicked. Um, it was. It was absolutely. Wicked. Yeah.
3: So I mean, look for reviews coming out on you know the Phantom Comics guys. Obviously, are going to do one. Tom Vassell came over and and looked at the game and said, you know, basically that the the theme of the game was really intriguing to him so he grabbed a copy for and uh, he's going to be doing a review on the dice tower um, you know so some notable we've already got I think uh, Christine Chester from fan boy comics mm-hmm. already put hers up Yep, and um, there's Back. a there's oh. a couple others
0: geek dad geek uh. dad
3: oh dude yeah Jonathan Liu that was freaking amazing that he came by and I just tweeted him too I said I got a surprise for you because I was going to give him some dice and uh, he came by and um he really liked the game as well, and um, so I, I. What I'm hoping is we're going to get some good reviews out of these, you know, very, very highly frequented places, and and then and then we got a reorder from Alliance on the uh, the second day of the convention. So I mean, that's uh, that's always a good thing.
0: It's always a good thing, man. Yeah, it, it was just it was utterly epic. Um, can't cannot say enough. So more news will be forthcoming, guys. More news will be forthcoming. But um, oh, I have got to. I got to fly. I, I have a plane that leaves in like seven hours. Mm, that sucks. Yeah, it's not too fun. Not too fun. That was the thing. Was like, do we want to do a show? I'm like, oh, I got to pack. I got. I got. I got a plane that leaves, and it's like, okay. Well, next weekend's Labor Day weekend. Do you really want to wait two weeks to do a show? And I'm like, no. We need to talk about Edge of Rebellion. And Dave convinced me. So, yeah, I did. Short, short and sweet show, and I'm very glad we did. So thank you all um, gosh yeah I'm just still reeling I'm still not fully recovered yet from Gen Con. it was <laughs> tiring and wonderful all at the same time yeah it was oh so yay there you go that's all I got guys thank you all for your continual support um, and uh, we'll keep you updated with the news that you need to know that's right as it comes through
3: that's right <laughs>
0: <laughs> good night gamer nation and
4: good luck